Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. You can view the live stream on Facebook at Mother Miriam Live. Now, here's Mother Miriam. Good morning, beloved family. How are you doing? I pray that you're well. It's a good day today. What do you mean, Mother? It's a good day. How is it a good day? The world is going crazy because it is. It is. And you know, not only did our Lord give us the assurance that he will build his church, Uh, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it, but that he will complete the work in us individually and as his body that he began. So whatever's going on that um, uh, brings out, uh, let me, what do I say, uh, virtues in us or weaknesses in us, strengths, uh, the good and the bad that we have not experienced before, Uh, We can trust God for allowing it. Nothing touches us. Nothing touches us that God does not allow. Nothing. And because we haven't experienced these things before, we haven't lived through a Marxist society or through communism, we haven't been without food, most of us. Even if we have, it's been for a few years or a short time. We don't know what that is, but much of the world does know what that is. And so we can tend to get fearful, uh, discouraged, um, lose hope. There have been an awful lot of suicides during this so-called pandemic time. So um, I found that I didn't find an article. It came to me yesterday on LifeSite News. I get their daily uh, newscast on my computer every day. And there's a wonderful article by Peter Kwasniewski, who often writes for them. He is a faithful, traditional uh, Catholic father, um, family man, author. He's wonderful. He's written some very wonderful books. And the title is The Devil Traps Countless Christians with This Common Tool and how to avoid getting caught. Now, okay, now, we're not giving away a prize, but um, you probably already have the prize if you know what the common tool is. The devil traps countless Christians with this common tool. What is it? One word. What is it? And in fact, uh, I've been susceptible to this tool as well. It's it's difficult not to be, um, but I've learned... Uh, how not to be. And so I'm going to read this article to you uh, that was just written yesterday, just appeared yesterday, and it begins, the French philosopher Gabriel Marcel vividly characterized the modern disease called alienation, the all-pervasive malaise of Western man in these provocative words. Now, beloved, we, we talk about being alien alienated today because we need to be, some of us, quarantined and we're wearing masks. We can't go out. We can only uh, go to work so many days a week. We can hardly go to mass, all of that. And we feel the alienation. But our society, I'm, this is my own comment, is one of alienation. We are an individualistic, pluralistic society. God did not intend that. He intended us to be a family 
all through Adam and hopefully through the second Adam Christ. One body, not alienated parts, but one body. But here's the quote from French philosopher Gabriel Marcel. He says, let us take despair. I have in mind the act by which one despairs of reality as a whole, as one might despair of a person. I believe that at the root of despair, there is always this affirmation, quote, there is nothing in the realm of reality to which I can give credit, no security, no guarantee, end quote. It is a statement of complete insolvency. And, uh, of course, it's false. That's not the statement of a, of a Christian. That's not the statement of hope. Uh, Dr. Kwasniewski says, The liquid assets of reality have run out. And after a fruitless search for social or psychological aid, nothing remains but a great depression, a crippling lack of commitment to the duties of life. Now, you can go on LifeSite News and, and read this, beloved, yourself, if you'd like to. And the, the title is, The Devil Trap Traps Countless Christians with This Common Tool, How to Avoid Getting Caught. Peter uh, Kwasniewski continues. Nowhere in the modern world is this spiritual darkness more evident than in the accelerating demise of the traditional family. You know that's my heart, the traditional family. And when I say the traditional family, I don't mean uh, traditional Catholics. I mean the family that God established through Adam and Eve and intended to continue to this day. And the only definition of family is one man and one woman in a marriage and that the fruit of that marriage uh, are children. A traditional family, nothing else. Um, People of the same sex may go through some form of marriage ceremony, but they are not married. They are not married. Two women, two men cannot marry. There's no such thing as same-sex marriage. The government may approve such a thing in such words, but there is no such thing. So people have said, what do you think of same-sex marriage? I said, I can't think of, I don't think of anything of what simply doesn't exist. It doesn't exist. People can live together in sin, but they are not married. Uh, Dr. Kwasniewski continues, the wavering of fidelity from within and the attempts of political propagandists to undermine the family from without have pushed us closer and closer to a world without structure, without morals, without loyalty, without peace. In these circumstances, with what might seem like a never-ending flow of bad news, it can be altogether too easy for Christians to fall prey to discouragement. It might seem as if no matter, no matter what we do, the tide cannot be reversed. No matter how much we protest or campaign, the results are more and more mixed and limited. We are even tempted to think that God is not listening to our prayers or perhaps has chosen not to respond because we are too complicit and compromised to be worthy of his intervention and we feel abandoned. 
We can read about a saint, Peter continues, we can read about a saint who had his feeling in the Old Testament, who had this feeling in the Old Testament. It was Elijah in 1 Kings chapter 19. He was ready to despair and give up. God sent an angel to him with food and drink, and after sleeping, he was able to continue to the mountain of God. We can see this as a parable. God sends messengers to us in obvious or hidden ways, bearing sustenance and good advice for our journey. He does, beloved. God never forsakes us, no matter what we feel like, no matter if we feel unworthy. The fact is, we are unworthy. God does not abandon those he loves and those who love him. There can, and, and who is it that God doesn't love? Not a soul, because he created you. You were made by love and for love. You may not love God. You may not believe in him, but he loves you. Why does he love you? Because you're terrific? No, he loves you because he's God, and that's what he does. He's a God of love, beloved. We can also see in Elijah's story a warning against despair, which so far as it, is, as it lies in us makes us useless to God, to ourselves, and to our neighbor. That's what happened to Judas. He despaired. He lost hope. And without hope, the writer to the Hebrew says, it's impossible for us to please God. In truth, God does not generally save kingdoms with miraculous signs in the heavens, although he can do that and has done it. He seems to prefer the quieter method of bringing aid to this or that person by an act of charity, like a mother giving food and drink to her child, or a husband giving a listening ear to his wife, or a parishioner giving a helping hand to another parishioner who is moving house. It is our illusions about winning big that make us neglect the small victories of charity that are the mustard seeds of the kingdom of God. Dr. Kwasniewski says, My wife was reading a book recently called Therese, um, uh, Quelque Sacre de la Joie, Uh, the secrets of joy, and came across a section that struck us as the perfect meditation for our times. And here is her translation. Quote, and this is from St. Therese, beloved, the little flower. It had been announced that the devil was going to close up shop and offer his tools to anyone who was willing to pay the prices. Oops. Okay, this is quite something from St. Therese. Don't you go away. That's the music for our first break, beloved. And we'll begin to take your calls, your texts, your emails after the second break. But you're welcome to call in with anything on your heart. Toll free, 1-877-511-5483. I'll say that again. 1-877-511-5483 or email at mother at thestationofthecross.com. We'll be right back.
LifeSite News is an international news agency devoted to defending life and family and restoring Christian culture. We aim to educate and activate our readers with the information they need to fight the most crucial battles of our day in their churches, workplaces, and families. Our motto is Caritas in Veritate, love in truth. We firmly believe that promoting the truth is an act of love, however hard it is to hear. Over the last 20 years, we have built a reputation for uncompromising reporting, no matter the cost. LifeSite News is by far the most popular pro-life website on the internet, with over 40 million unique users every year and growing. Check us out at LifeSiteNews.com. Almighty God and Father, we beg Thee through the intercession and help of the Archangels, St. Michael, Raphael, and Gabriel, for the deliverance of our brothers and sisters who are enslaved by the evil one from anxiety, sadness, and obsessions. We implore Thee, deliver us, O Lord. From hatred, fornication, and envy. We implore Thee, deliver us, O Lord. From thoughts of jealousy, rage, and death. We implore Thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every thought of suicide and abortion. We implore Thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every form of sinful sexuality. We implore Thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every division in our family and every harmful friendship. We implore Thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every sort of spell, malefice, witchcraft, and every form of the occult. We implore Thee, deliver us, O Lord. Thou who said, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you, grant that through the intercession of the Virgin Mary we may be liberated from every demonic influence and enjoy thy peace always. In the name of Christ our Lord, amen. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back, beloved, to Mother Miriam Live. We're right in the middle of an article, actually, uh, more than halfway through, by uh, Peter Kwasniewski. I believe it's Dr. Peter Kwasniewski. And the title is, The Devil Traps Countless Christians with This Common Tool and How to Avoid Getting Caught. We haven't named the common tool yet, but we're about to. And this is an article just uh, yesterday um, on the... um, website of uh, the uh, the email uh, daily news uh, email of lifesite news and you can go on lifesite news and 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 find it and um, dr kosnuski says that his wife was reading a book um, recently called uh, Therese, uh, Quelques Secrets de la Joie, don't mind my French, but it's the secrets of joy, and came across a section uh, of St. Therese that struck us, he says, as the perfect meditation for our times. And here is his wife's translation. She's reading the book in French, but here's the English translation, quote, from St. Therese. It had been announced that the devil was going to close up shop, and offer his tools to anyone who was willing to pay the prices. The day of the sale, his tools were exposed in an attractive manner. Malice, hatred, envy, jealousy, sensuality, 
deceit. All the instruments of evil were there, each one with its price marked. Separate from the rest, there was an an inoffensive-looking implement, also in used condition, but the price was higher than all the others. Someone asked the devil what it was. The devil said, it's discouragement. Capital letters here. Discouraging. Discouragement. Well, why have you priced it so high? The devil answered, because it is so useful to me that the others hardly matter. With this, I can get to into anyone, and once on the inside, I can maneuver it in the manner which helps me the most. This tool is for everyday use because I use it with almost everybody, and very few people know that it belongs to me. End quote from the devil. St. Therese adds, it is superfluous to add that the devil's asking price for discouragement was so high that the instrument never sold. The devil is always in possession of it, and he continues to put it to work. Oh, I know that, beloved. I know that. I had a, received a call a few years ago that um, I, was, I was on a high, and the call came in, and it, it plunged me down so far I could hardly breathe in discouragement just like that it is if I manic just just like plunged me it was almost a sickness and at that moment I got a call from a friend I hadn't heard from or spoken with in a few years and she just wanted to see how I was doing and how everything was coming along and I told her I said five minutes ago I would have told you great but I just got this letter and it just plunged me to the floor my heart utterly sank and discouragement and she said to me at the time Roz as before I was a sister Rosalind she said Roz that's the devil that is his number one tool discouragement she said is never from God it's always from the devil well that I snapped out of it in two seconds I said get thee behind me Satan I'm not interested in getting it, giving it to you I'm not interested I belong to God. Goodbye. And I was fine. Amazing. Hmm? I didn't cling to it. And there are times that I feel it. It comes upon me, discouragement. And I say, no, no, you're not doing it. Get out of here. Get thee behind me, Satan. And I move on. I will not let that take hold. Because I know it's never from God. N-E-V-E-R. Never from God. No matter the circumstances, discouragement is not a tool of the God who loved us and gave his life for us. He will chastise us, but discouragement is the devil's tool. I'll continue now. We're just about the end of um, Peter uh, Kwasniewski's article. He says, discouragement is indeed the devil's handiest tool, for with it he can shut down the practice of all the virtues, the effort to root out vices, the trust in God expressed in prayer, whether it is obviously answered or not, for no prayer is unheard and no prayer is without effect, and the basic confidence required for carrying on with the work. He has put into our hands, however, however modest or unremarkable it may seem and however lacking in visible fruits, much less dazzling fruits. It's the devil's work, beloved. 
our Lord did more in his silent hours of prayer than in his public preaching to the multitudes. He accomplished more when he was nailed to the cross than when he multiplied loaves and fishes. We need to go back again and again to his paradoxical example and see that the standards of the world, its notion of success, are not God's. He triumphs at the moment all else seems to have failed. When everything seems to have failed, it is God who triumphs. He does this again and again in salvation history. And then quoting Luke chapter 1, quoting the Magnificat, he hath shewed might in his arm. He hath scattered the proud in the conceit of their heart. He hath put down the mighty from their seat and hath exalted the humble. He hath filled the hungry with good things and the rich. He hath sent away empty. I'm going to read, because we have a couple of minutes before that second break, I'm going to read again the piece from St. Therese. And she says, St. Therese of the Little Flower, she says, um, it had been announced that the devil was going to close up shop and offer his tools to anyone who was willing to pay the prices. The day of the sale, the devil's tools were exposed in an attractive manner. They always are attractive. Malice, hatred, envy, jealousy, sensuality, deceit, all the instruments of evil were there, and each one with its price marked. And you may say, well, well who's going to buy one of those? Well, beloved, I'll tell you what. If you have malice in your heart toward anyone, if you have hatred, you could say, well, there's only one person, but you don't know what he or she did to me. I mean, you, I, I can't even tell you that. You, I would be excused for hatred. Well, you'd only be excused by the devil because it's his tool, not God's. None of these words are from God. Uh, in the negative. Malice, hatred, envy. Do you envy someone? Jealousy. When you're jealous of someone, you want what they have. When you envy them, you don't only want what they have, you don't want them to have it. It's, it's bad. Sensuality, that's a struggle of the flesh. And deceit. And deceit. If any of those are characterize what you're doing or feeling or or anything at the present, beloved, you have paid a price and you are paying a price. Those are tools of the devil and you've taken them. God has given them to you. Nobody else has given them to you. No one can determine my going to hell. Nobody can determine my being deceitful. Someone could be deceitful to me, but they have no power over me to determine my sin. No way. No way. I don't have to take that on. And St. Therese continues, separate from the rest, there was an inoffensive looking, inoffensive looking implement because the devil appears as an angel of light. It's not going to look offensive. It looks offensive. You won't want it. An inoffensive looking implement also in used condition, quite used, I would say, But the price was higher than all the others. And so someone asked the devil what it was. And the devil said, oh, it's discouragement. That's it. Well-used tool. Why have you priced it so high? Because, the devil said, 
it is so useful to me that the others hardly matter. You see, if we get discouraged, beloved, we are susceptible to all the other vices, and we give in, and we're no threat. We're no threat to the devil. We're only a threat to devil if we trust in Christ and turn to him, because then the devil has no power over us whatsoever. The devil says, with this tool of discouragement, I can get into anyone. And once on the inside, I can maneuver in the manner which helps me the most. Once discouragement gets to you, he can maneuver you. He, like a hand in a glove, he can maneuver you. This tool, the devil said, is for everyday use because I use it with almost everybody and very few people know that it belongs to me, that is to the devil. You can say I'm discouraged and you feel depressed, you feel down, um, but you're using the devil's tool and you are paying a price for it and those who live with you are paying a great price for it. All I need to know is that something is from the devil, and then I reject it. I'm not interested. I don't want it. It's from the devil. I don't want it. I have enough problems of my own without taking on um, uh, more from him. No way. So anytime you feel discouraged, beloved, um, just say, get thee behind me, Satan. I'm not interested. Discouragement is never from God. And I'll tell you what else, beloved. It is never from the circumstances. Circumstances can't direct your feelings. Only your response to the circumstance directs your feeling. You and I could be faced with the same thing, and you could be just fine with it, and I can get discouraged. Because of our makeup, because of the things we give into, many, many factors. But um, it's not never the circumstances that we can lose our job, we can lose our home, uh, all kinds of tragedy can beset us. That does not cause discouragement, beloved. It does not. It should cause us to turn from God. And as uh, uh, Moses said, stand back and see the salvation of the Lord. But if you get discouraged, it's not because of all these things that happen that appear bad to you. It is because you've bought the devil's plan. You've given in to the devil's most useful tool that he uses on everybody, everyone, daily. Okay, so much for that. Um, Okay, there's our second break, beloved. We have Joan on the line. Joan, as soon as we come back from this break, um, we'll take your call and anyone else call in with anything on your heart, toll free, one 511 5483 or email at com. We'll be right back.
We stand at a crossroads in history. We can stand up for life, family, and a Christian culture, or we can stand idly by while the fabric of society becomes fundamentally anti-life, anti-family, and anti-Christian, slowly leading to its own demise. LifeSite News is the leading defender of life, family, and Christian culture. Through our news reporting, we seek to educate readers with information and zeal. They need to fight the most crucial battles of our day, and we need your help to continue that mission. You can support LifeSite News by following our social media pages on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Another way to support LifeSite is to prayerfully consider becoming a Sustained Life monthly donor to help us continue to save lives in the culture. To donate, visit give.lifesitenews.com forward slash life. Our staff of over 40 and millions of future generations, thank you for helping to save the culture. Hello, beloved. This is Mother Miriam. Would you like to wake up each morning to inspiring sermons from knowledgeable and faith-filled priests? You can tune in to Sermons for Everyday Living every day at 6 a.m. Eastern on the Station of the Cross. You can listen on the thestationofthecross.com or anytime on the free iCatholic Radio mobile app. God bless you. There is no single event. It was more gradual. You know, eventually you just don't go one Sunday and then you don't go two Sundays in a row. Then went through a divorce and um, ended up being a single parent. If I didn't have church or God, I, I, I would be back at that lonely stage, that trouble stage. Whenever you get anxious and worry about things, you just know that Jesus has it under control. If you've been away from the Catholic Church for any reason, visit catholicscomehome.org. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back, beloved family, to Mother Miriam Live. This is our half hour together. It's all ours. And we have Joan on the line, but there are other lines open, and you're welcome to call in with anything on your heart at any time. The toll-free number is one eight seven seven five one one five four eight three, or you may email at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Hi, Joan from Massachusetts. Are you there? Yes, I am. How are you today? Oh, I'm fine, Joan. I'm glad you called. What's on your heart? Um, I just had a question while you are. Um, I don't know if you have an answer. I've worked at a job for over 25 years, and wow. I'm kind of too old to start all over again another job. Plus, at that job, I get five weeks paid vacation a year. Mm, but my question good. to you is, thank you for saying that. My question is, um, do you have any suggestions? Because not all the people that I work with them. And unkind people, but there's quite a few negative people in my workplace, and mm-hmm. I'm just wondering whether you may have some kind of advice to help me get through each day in an environment like that. Well, yes. You are Catholic, Joan, right? Yes, I am. And probably most of them are not? Um, I, I really try try not to pry in certain people. I do have some friend, friend co-workers, but I try not to... Okay, so you, you don't know, but they're, and they can be Catholic and negative. They can be, so that's a, that's fine. Well, 
there's there's two remedies for that. Um, St. Francis, the first one I'll say, St. Francis the Sales said, where there is no love, put love, and there will be love. That's a beautiful saying. Isn't it? Where there is no love, put love, and there will be love. And the second thing I think of is to have a heart of gratitude. Because whether they're Christians or Catholics or not, if they're negative people, they're not living with hope. They're not living with faith. And you have hope and you have faith. And so when I come across negative people, I say, Lord, thank you for the love you've poured into my heart. Thank you for the faith you've given me and help me reach out to them with your love. And it doesn't need to be the gospel. You know, as you say, it doesn't need to be a, a, a witness to the faith. You'll be a witness to the faith just by your kindness and your love and returning love for negativity. Kindness for negative. Yeah. You see, Paul wrote to the Romans, chapter 2. He said, It is the kindness of God that leads to repentance. And when I feel negative, uh, and I could be grouchy or whatever it is, and someone responds back to me in kindness, I tell you what, it melts my heart. And it makes me want to be kind. That makes you feel good, I'm sure. That's it. Oh, for sure. I mean, I can remember my parents always teaching me. I'm an old person, and that they always taught you to respect people. And as people get older, at least I feel myself sometimes, and I probably shouldn't feel this way, is that sometimes I I find it hard, unfortunately, with everything that's going on for all of us today, too, that it's hard. It seems, at least to me anyway, that it seems harder to find the nicer people than the unkind people out there for some reason today. It's it's easier to find the nicer people than the unkind people. Are you I saying? think it's kind of kind of hard to find the nicer people. Oh, there you go. Okay, well, I I have a, a slightly different thought about that. People are essentially good, and it's not that one is kind and one is not nice and all of that. It it could be, of course, um, but it it is our response to circumstances. So you will find some very angry, negative people who can give their lives for someone else in the right circumstance, you see, but but they're not walking with God, and they are negative. But it's not that they're a negative person or this is a kind person. It is that they're acting negatively or they're, or they're being kind, but that doesn't describe their whole life. They could be very beautiful inside and just not be able to handle negative circumstances so it's not the I mean, whole I, person mm-hmm. i'm sorry i mean i like i said i i mean not everybody had the same upbringing as myself and i had very good loving parents and grandparents and oh, how nice. I, I, I feel that sometimes people that i thought were my friends in the past they deserted me out of my life when i needed that support and that's why i find it hard to want to trust people more today Did your parents and grandparents who loved you did they desert you? No, my they passed away, unfortunately. But that wasn't. That's right. So fault. what I'm saying is, you've had example of people that have deserted you, but you've also had the example of people who haven't deserted you, who have loved you and who have raised you right. So, don't let the ones who've deserted you be the stronger example for you 
or have the stronger impact than those who really brought you up to be a loving woman. See what I mean? It's it's a choice. It's a choice. I mean, so I, pe- people I'm that blessed. have deserted people that have deserted you, Joan. It it's a it's a deep hurt. I understand that, but pray for them and say, Lord, whatever it is that. Uh, allowed them to desert me in my time of need. I don't know, Lord, but I pray that whatever that emptiness is in them, that you help them. Pray for people. Well, thank you. And always have a grateful heart for the fact that you can see, that you can love, that you could be positive in negative circumstances. Always have and a I grateful thank- heart. Very thankful for my parents and my grandparents for that, for showing me that kindness. That's right, sweetheart. And that's the kindness you need to pass on to everybody. Did they always show you kindness based on your good behavior? Um, I had two brothers, and they didn't show any favoritism. I was the only girl. They treated us all equally. They they just did everything equally, and they we were all equally loved, and that made you feel appreciated, I okay. feel. Okay, that's it. And so when there are negative people, they may never have been loved as you were loved. And if they feel God's love through you, I guarantee you they'll change. If we had another 15 minutes to talk, I would give you a miraculous story um, that, that occurred with me with that changed the life of some very negative people. So, again, where there's no love, put love, and there'll be love. They may not never have experienced love uh, and unconditional love and kindness. So that's what you give them, and they'll change. And they'll appreciate you and they'll see that you're somebody's a good hearted person, hopefully then as That's well. right. Of course they will. Of course they will. And you'll give a true witness to the God who loved us and gave himself for us when we were yet in our sin. And I don't want to be discouraged like you were saying at the beginning of the program. I gotta try and stay positive, so Yeah, do it. Just say get thee behind me, Satan. Not interested in being discouraged. No, none interested. of us deserve that for sure. What's well, that? thank you very much okay. for your time today, and you have an awesome program. And Thanks, Joan. Thanks, you, sweetheart. You have a good day. You too, sweetheart. God bless you. Um, Alex from New York. Hi, Alex. How are you doing today, Mother? Oh, I'm, I'm doing fine. How about yourself? Very good. No reason good. to complain. Uh, <laughs> I've been very blessed. So, blessed uh, so I was just calling today. Um, I figured given your background, you would be a good person to ask this. So I want to ask in in general, what does the average Jewish person believe? Um, And then I also wanted to ask, uh, what about groups like Jews for Jesus? Like, how do they relate to Christianity? Because I would have assumed that that would have made them Christians, but they identify as Jewish. So I was just kind of confused by that. That's good. No, that's fine. Um, To be Jewish is to be part of the people that God established through whom he would bring the Messiah into the world. The entire Old Testament is the story of the Jewish people, of the Hebrews. Um, from Abraham on, and so uh, all way all the way to the New Testament, where Christ came from the Jews for the Jews for the whole world, not just the Jews, but He came through them, and um, He came to His own, the, the Jewish nation, and um, they were the first evangelists. Uh, the church was founded on Jewish prophets uh, and apostles, all Jewish Christianity. Alex is a Jewish faith that is to be spread through the Jewish Messiah all over the world. And the reason it's called Christianity is because 
the English name, the English word for Messiah uh, is Christ. Messiah is he, from the Hebrew Mashiach, and the English is Christ. So it's Jesus the Christ, and when one belongs to Christ, they're called a Christian. I-A-N is the suffix meaning belonging to. So those who follow Christ, they were all Jews uh, in the first century, um, those who followed Christ were f- called Christians, um, and their faith called Christianity, which is Judaism fulfilled in the Messiah. That's in a nutshell. Jews for Jesus, uh, I was led to Christ, to the Jewish Messiah, by the organization, specifically Jews for Jesus. And they are, pr- they are uh, for the most part, Alex, evangel- they are Christians. They are absolutely Christians, or they couldn't even pronounce the word Jesus. They are evangelical Christians for the most part, but they get together to celebrate their Jewish heritage, which is a good thing, and uh, they want to never forget that they came from Jewish seed uh, because they are God's people through Abraham, and now they are the people of God within the people of God, the people of God Israel within the church, which is God's plan. Okay, perfect. Thank you very much. That that, uh, explains a lot. Thank you. I'm, I'm so glad. I'm so glad. God bless you, Alex. We have Raphael from Texas on the line. Hi, Raphael. Hi, sister. How are you? I'm terrific. How are you? Good, sister. The reason I called is because yesterday I was uh, uh, watching a video of an exorcist, a priest from Italy, who put on, uh, uh, who recorded an exorcism. Uh, uh, in, uh, of a young young girl, and he he asked Mary to intercede in the exorcism, and 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 asked the the the, the demon to speak about the rosary, and and uh, the effect of the rosary on 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 the, on the demon, and so it happened uh, according to the video I saw, and. Uh, uh, we, I learned that uh, uh, by praying the rosary as a family, uh, uh, the, 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 the devil is, is hurt by that. Yep. In other words, the devil is, feels suppressed by that. He uh, is. And, and, and I wanted to share this because uh, you talked about uh, earlier in the program, in the beginning of the program today, mm-hmm. your program today, um, that you know, we cannot be. And uh, I, I don't remember the word that you used, but it was something to the effect of "don't be lackadaisy about, 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 about prayer." You know, about, 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 about yeah. works that are good, right? And, and the That's rosary right. being one of them, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And last night, um, I sometimes pray. I have a, a boys and my thirteen, fourteen, and fifteen-year-old boys, and my wife at the house, and uh, and uh, uh, my thirteen, fourteen, fifteen-year-old boys. And my wife and I were about to pray the family rosary, but I thought to show them the video first. Uh-oh. And, 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 and that, that means uh, uh, my wife was in a hurry to go to bed. I understand that. So she left in the, in the middle of the video because there was lag, you might understand. Mm-hmm. There was lag in the video and there was lag. So she left. She got impatient and she left. And, but my boys and I watched the film and they understood perfectly the Good. importance. They're old enough related. to watch that film. Good. Oh, they're very mature. Even though they're very young, 13, 14, and 15, they're very, very mature, and in the faith as well. That and, speaks uh, well they, of you they, they and your wife. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Uh, uh, 
they when we prayed the rosary and what, what we learned and that I didn't really reflect on before too much was praying with the litany. And I just wanted to ask you for your prayers for my wife that she would not lose courage and stay with us as a family when the rosary finally comes around, that she would pray with us. Just pray yeah. for my wife and pray for us, please, sister. Yes, we will. I'll ask our listeners to pray as well. I know we're coming at a second break. That's okay. Um, and try to... Um maybe come together as a family at a time that would be better for your wife. What time did you start the rosary last night? What time was it? Uh, it the was video? late. About, I, guess about, I guess about 9 o'clock, 9.15. Okay, about. so don't start any later than 7 because that's it, that doesn't necessarily speak to her lack of faith. She's working all day and that's a late hour. We can fall asleep even if we don't want to. So work it out that you pray the rosary at an earlier hour and a rosary a day keeps the devil away. So you're right on, Raphael. God bless you. We'll be right back. The future of the family is grim. As Our Lady of Fatima said, the final battle will be for the family. It truly seems as though we're in the heat of this final battle and we need your help. Our mission at LifeSite News is to educate and activate readers with the information they need to defend life and the family and restore Christian culture. We are currently the most popular pro-life website on the internet with over 40 million unique users every year. And we've been experiencing an even bigger reach than ever this year. But we need your help to reach more of the 7.7 billion people on earth if we are to truly succeed in changing the culture. Please consider donating to help our mission of promoting the culture of life and fearless defenders of the faith like Mother Miriam. Visit give.lifesite.news.com to give today. Thank you for your support. Hi, this is Wayne Hepler, founder of the St. Thomas More House of Prayer. If you are looking for a way to grow closer to our Lord, I invite you to visit our Catholic retreat center dedicated to praying and promoting the Liturgy of the Hours. The rustic setting provides a quiet atmosphere for prayer and for learning about the public communal prayer of the Catholic Church known as the Liturgy of the Hours. The seven canonical hours are prayed throughout the day, beginning with the Office of Readings at 5.30 a.m. and ending with night prayer at 8 p.m. You are welcome to join in the prayer at any time or to book the house for a retreat. We are located at 365 Hill City Road in Cranberry, Pennsylvania. For more information or to book a visit, email info at liturgyofthehours.org or call the retreat house at 814-676-1910. You can also learn more by visiting liturgyofthehours.org. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back, beloved, to Mother Miriam Live, and this is our last segment, so um, we've got uh, 10 minutes or more, and again, the lines are wide open. You're welcome to call in, toll-free 1-877-511-5483, or email at mother at the station of the com. We have an email from Elaine, and she writes, good morning, Mother Miriam. <clears throat> 
I'd love to know what you think about the call regarding homeschooling. I've heard many Catholic friends of mine say either, I knew I was called to homeschool, or I knew I was not called to homeschool. How do I know my call? I'm a mother of five, ages eight to two. Are there questions I can ask myself to find out whether it is what God wants me to do or not? My oldest is going into third grade, and my twins are going into kindergarten this fall at the local public school. I am not uneasy about them being there right now, but I know the older they get, the more I do see myself considering it. Any advice would be so appreciated. Thank you so much for all you do. God bless you, Elaine. Elaine, this is a very, very, very important email and question. I'm going to go through it from the beginning. Uh, Say, I'd love to know what you think about the call regarding homeschooling, because some people feel called to homeschooling, some people don't feel called. It has nothing to do with feelings. God does not have to give you a special calling. He did when he uh, gave you your first child. Motherhood is the calling, not to homeschool or not. Motherhood is the calling. You homeschool your babies from the moment of conception on, right through their birth into the world, and right up to kindergarten, let's say. You have homeschooled them. You've taught them behavior. You've taught them to speak and to write and, and to obey and, and uh, colors and nature, and you've taught them character, all of that. You've taught them that they are loved. And that's your calling from God. And God never has given us the order, the command, or the directive to turn our children over to the world when they're kindergarten age. Never. Never. Why would you, after all those years, up to the age of five or six or whatever age they are, why would you take the children that God has given you as your vocation and turn them over to someone else to teach and influence for three or five or eight hours a day. Why would you do that? They will simply destroy your children, no matter who they are. They are not stewards of your children. You are. God has given them to you, not to them. Their values will not be yours. Their teaching will not be yours. And especially you're sending them to public school. You have a calling to continue to educate them at home. If you're a mother, beloved one. That is your calling. They are taking kindergartners in public school now and teaching them uh, uh, transgender options. They already are talking to them in kindergarten and having them decide whether they want to be a girl or a boy, no matter what they are now. They're already teaching them to decide that. They're already teaching them to experiment in sexual ways. At kindergarten maybe not in your public school but it'll come there it is awful and third grade they'd be about age eight you will destroy your child you will destroy your child that child has a mind to think and absorb and take things in and if you take him out of homeschool uh, uh, two years from now he's already going to be destroyed inside you're already subjecting him to an evil, evil world. It's not as it used to be. It is totally evil. 
and parents have no control over what those children are going to be taught. In fact, there's been articles that since children are home because of the coronavirus and they're uh, doing online schooling, that the big concern the teachers have is that now the children are using the computer at home, they're going to learn what the teachers are teaching them in school in terms of sex education and other things. And teachers don't want parents to know that. Now they're going to be exposed, and they don't want that. Um, Elaine, it's not time to turn your children over to the devil. And if you send them to public school, that's what you're doing. And you're going to say, come on, Mother Miriam, that's awfully strong. We went to public school. We're okay. Yeah, you did in your day. No longer today. This world is evil and growing more evil by the hour, not even by the day, by the hour. Keep your children at home that you have five children ages eight to two You have your hands full without any question whatsoever. Keep your children home. If you need to get a a mature teenager or someone, a parent or a mother who's retired in to help you at that hour, to help you take care of your two-year-old so you can be with your children and and teach them. Uh, Father John Harden doesn't call it homeschool. It's home education which you you do from the day of their birth, from the day of their conception. Um, Don't stop. Don't turn them over to the world. If you do, you are abandoning your vocation. I know that people are going to come against me for this. I know they're going to think I have a one-track, narrow mind. I'm telling you, I, I am taking in a huge amount of information, especially these days, and I am telling you that you will regret sending your children to school. You will regret it, and you are abandoning God's calling. Forget your feelings. God has called you to marriage and motherhood. That is your calling. There is no separate calling to homeschool, none. Someone may feel it because they want to. Someone else may not feel it because they don't want to or they disagree for reasons. But it's not a calling. Motherhood is the calling. And that you have, my dear one. That you have. And it's not just homeschooling. It's not just the issue of the mother. But also the father must be completely involved. If If you're not on our mailing list... Go to our website. You can sign up for our mailing, a newsletter, or you don't have to. Go to www.motherofisraelshope.org and uh, right on our homepage is our current newsletter. Or you can click on the newsletter tab and the first newsletter up is our current newsletter and the entire newsletter is on homeschooling why to homeschool what the church says the options we have and i give the top seven homeschooling resources so no one has to invent the wheel you don't have to figure out a program these are terrific traditional catholic sources that send you everything complete in a box the entire curriculum the books everything you don't have to invent the wheel or reinvent the wheel Um, And then also the five top resources uh, that have been recommended to me by 22 homeschooling moms for uh, for resources, for the best books you can get, the best homeschool materials you can get. It's all in that newsletter. So if you don't have it, um, you can download it from the Internet or you can call us and we'll put one in the mail to you. 
free, free of charge, no charge. It's extremely important, beloved. It's, I know you didn't consider this answer, but there's no time left. Do not put your child in kindergarten. Do not put your eight-year-old or however old he or she is in third grade. Do not send your children into the hands of the devil and this corrupt society. Um, uh, it is as bad as I'm, I'm saying it is and probably worse. So God bless you, beloved. I know that's an alarming response on my part, but it's upon us. It's upon us. Um, So um, God bless you, and we will speak with you all tomorrow.